Please pray with me. Lord, it is so easy to get sidetracked away from Advent and rush headlong into Christmas. Please grant us an extra measure of your grace to take the next weeks slowly, keeping our focus on you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Be seated. The dictionary meaning of Advent is the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. In our liturgical tradition, Advent is the four Sundays before Christmas. It is a time of preparation. Advent comes from the Latin word meaning coming. And it is the beginning of the new liturgical year. And Advent is actually a penitential season, a time to go deeper with the Lord, to give an honest look at the sins to which we hold on so dearly. It is a time of hope and of anticipation. The Savior is coming. This is a special time of preparation. For those of you from non-liturgical traditions, the color of Advent is purple, a penitential color. There was a time in the 80s when it was suggested that this liturgical color should be changed to blue, the color of hope. I actually bought into that for a while for the silly reason that blue went better with my decor and blue was my favorite color. Advent is a time of hope, which we shall see as the season moves on toward its climax. But as I grew more and more into what Advent is all about, I switched back to purple. Because the blue doesn't make sense apart from the purple. Purple is a penitential color. It is also the color of Lent. So how many of you already have your Christmas tree? Is it up and decorated? have to confess that my grandchildren did it for us last weekend, so that's why ours is up and all decorated. How's your Christmas shopping coming? It is so very easy to get caught up in the preparations for Christmas. Decorating, shopping, baking, parties. We had a wonderful party here last night with the BMOC and the, and the preschool. It was really lots of fun. There's Christmas cards, etc., etc., which often leads to Christmas burnout. Do you know what I mean by that? Have you ever experienced Christmas burnout? And we forget what this time of preparation is all about. The Advent, the coming. So, who or what is coming? 
Today's reading from Mark strikes a bit of a discordant note to our ideas of the perfect holiday season. We really do not want to hear about a scripture like this as we are busy getting ready for Christmas. Shopping, decorating, and parties have no place in this text with this type of imagery. We all, way too easily, get caught up in the secular and social aspect of the coming holiday. Did you know that holiday is an abbreviation for holy day? We want to hear Christmas carols, not Advent carols. We enjoy secular songs like Santa Claus is Coming to Town and Jingle Bells. And many of us wonder, where will we find the elf tomorrow morning? For some of you who may not know, may not have children or grandchildren, the elf has become quite a tradition among young families during the month of December. We certainly do not want to hear the opening verses of today's gospel, the good news of Jesus. Jumping into our happy-go-lucky party attitude, as we heard this morning, in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens and earth will be shaken. It hits us in the face. Kaboom! Where did that text come from? What does apocalypse, which is an event invoking destruction on a catastrophic scale, have to do with our perceptions of this holiday season? It is what we say in the creeds. It is that he will come again to judge. That's not a popular concept, but it's the truth. First, this language that was used in several other, was used in several other parts of the Bible. These phrases were used to signify the ruin of nations, And the changes that came about as a result of this ruin are found in many places, but especially shows it in Isaiah 13.10. And in Ezekiel 32.7, the destruction of Egypt is described in much the same way as it talks about in this text. And in Joel 2.31 These same words are used to describe the change that would come during the end times as a result of the coming of the gospel. These words can be interpreted to describe all of these events, as many commentators have done. But the majority of commentators, and trust me, I did a lot of reading in putting this sermon together, the majority of commentators seem to have come to the conclusion that this text is talking about the end of the world. John Gill, in his exposition of the entire Bible, states, But in those days, after that tribulation, 
that is, after the destruction of the city and the temple of Jerusalem and the miseries and calamities attending it, in the time immediately following it. And this time includes up to this present day, up to today. He goes on to say that with the darkening of the sun, the Shekinah, or glory of the divine majesty, was withdrawn, as were all the symbols of the divine presence, with the destruction of the temple in A.D. 70. In the first verse of our gospel today, chapter 13, verse 24, he then talks about the ceremonial light, which is symbolized by the moon, no longer being observed by the Jews after the temple was destroyed. As the moon, the ceremonial light was no longer giving its light, and the daily sacrifice is no longer needed. And then come these next words. And they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Wow. What started out to be a bit scary and off-putting leads us in to the incredible promise in the middle of this passage. As we look around, we need to learn the lesson of the fig tree. When the branches are green and tender and the leaves start sprouting, we know that summer is near. And as we look at the decline of our culture and at the earthquakes, famines, wars, and rumors of wars, terrors, and great heavenly signs, as mentioned in Luke chapter 21, but down in verse 32 of today's gospel lies an incredible promise, a promise that transcends the cultural focus of today. The reason, I hope, that we are all here this morning, the reason to leave political correctness behind, like whether to say Merry Christmas or happy holidays, and prepare for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Beware. Keep alert. We do not know the day or the hour. It's kind of funny to read about and listen to all those who know when the end of the world is going to come. And if I remember correctly... We had one of those predictions last fall, but surprise, we're all still here. But the warning here is to be alert, to keep awake, for none of us has any idea when the Master will come. Even Jesus does not know the day or the hour. So does that mean we should all just go about our daily lives thinking we all have plenty of time to deal with spiritual things? We have plenty of time to start following Jesus. Or do we? Bill, my husband, had an uncle, Uncle Bob, who, 
small world than it is, once taught alongside of our own Ed Ward up in Massachusetts many, many years ago. Uncle Bob was someone who always thought he had plenty of time. He and I talked about Jesus many times, and he would always end the conversations with, I have plenty of time for that. But Uncle Bob died four days short of his 88th birthday, and we have no assurance that he ever had time for that, for Jesus. His was my first funeral after my ordination, and it was my most difficult. Uncle Bob was a wonderful man, and he was a grandfather figure for our children whose grandfathers had both died before they were born. And it was a very sad time. What about you? Are you ready? Beware. Keep alert. For you do not know when the time will come. Where will you be when he comes suddenly? Will you be ready? Some may die before Jesus comes again, and some will still be here. But either way, will you be ready? This first Sunday in Advent is a way to prepare for Jesus' second coming. Oh, he is coming again, like it or not, ready or not. It's not too late. Go home today. And this afternoon, sit down and pray, and then make a list of preparations, not of what needs to be done before Christmas, but a plan for what God, all that God tells you needs to be done for you to get ready. Ready for the anniversary of his birth, and ready for his second coming. When he will come in the clouds, with all his power and glory. As you make your list of preparations, don't forget a quiet time to set aside each day as you prepare for his coming, his advent. Be sure to pick up a copy of Glory to God in the Highest that is at each door of the church. Then each and every morning... Start your day with Jesus and maybe a cup of coffee as you keep the command, the commitment to be ready for whenever he comes. Keeping Advent is about the very best way I know to avoid that Christmas burnout. You know, where you are so totally exhausted that you really can't wait until it's over. And by New Year's Eve... You have not only skipped Advent, but it checked out of Christmas as well. Advent prepares us to observe one of the most holy events in the history of the world. It is a season of thoughtful preparation and penitence, preparing for the greatest promise of all time. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. 
God repeatedly reminded his chosen people of his promise to deliver them. Rejoice in this promise. And as you rejoice, as you rejoice in the celebration of his birth, as you fast, pray, contemplate, and discipline yourselves to accept with patience and growing joy what Christmas will bring. The Advent wreath is but a reminder of the lessons God has for each one of us in this holiest of seasons. Turn your face toward the flickering. These don't flicker quite as much as mine do at home. But turn your face toward the candles, lit candles each week, and learn of Jesus, the light of the world. There's no way that we can completely escape the hustle and bustle of the season. But we can focus our eyes on the one thing we desperately need as our spirits whisper gently the hauntingly beautiful words and melody of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Don't let Jesus come and find you asleep. What I say to you, I say to all. Stay awake. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, it is way too easy to go on with our lives, day in and day out, without even a thought of you. We get so busy and caught up in the tyranny of the urgent and forget the only needful person in our lives. You, Jesus. You are all that we need. Lord, we confess that so many other things and people come before you. Please shower down upon each of us abundant grace as we celebrate the comings of your Son both his first and second coming. Lord, if we have never given our hearts to you and filled our hearts with you, we ask that you accept our hearts this morning and fill our hearts with love for you. And Lord, we ask that you fill our minds with the melodies of Advent. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.